Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. If you use Yelp to find a restaurant, you may come across some grumpy reviews from Bay Area diners. Often, it's not really about the food. It's about the service. Here's a recent quote from a San Francisco diner named Connie N., The worst customer experience that soured anything positive the restaurant had to offer. Would not recommend. Overhyped, overpriced, overrated. And here's another quote from Matt O., another Yelper in the city who echoed similar sentiments. The DIY ordering and paying, middling cuisine, and overall experience feels like post-COVID opportunism to separate people who don't know better from $100 per person in the name of trendiness. Please let this not be the future of San Francisco dining. Kind of sounds like that doomed San Francisco sentiment, right? The challenges of the local restaurant industry are well known. The pandemic led to mass layoffs that cut the Bay Area's restaurant and bar staff in half in 2020 and 2021. Many restaurant workers resigned and never returned. And nowadays, dining out just looks different. QR codes have replaced servers at many restaurants, and dining out has gotten expensive. Your tab now may include mandatory service charges and other mysterious fees. But Chronicle associate restaurant critic Cesar Hernandez says, don't let those Yelp reviews get you down. Restaurant service may feel a bit different these days, but everything's fine, especially if you remember the lessons we learned from the pandemic. In his latest column, which is publishing online this weekend, Caesar explores the question, is Bay Area restaurant service as bad as everyone says? He'll share his own tolerance for less than ideal restaurant service as a critic and how to manage our own expectations when we go out to eat. Caesar Hernandez, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Caesar, a lot of diners in the Bay Area say that the quality of service has gone down. What are some chief complaints that people have? A lot of the main ones are that there's longer wait times. Sometimes you won't be seated as fast, or sometimes maybe your server just won't bring out the water as quick. And that could be because there are newer wait staff, or the main complaint is that things aren't what they used to be. And I think the pandemic sort of highlighted that for a lot of folks. And have you gone out recently and had a not-so-great service? I would say that they're relatively rare in the overall average of of places that I've dined. But, of course, I've had an occasional, like, I've waited for, you know, to be seated a lot longer than maybe would have been average. Or, you know, I, I didn't get a dish. A recent example is I went to this restaurant, uh, a restaurant that I love, actually. And we ordered some things, and then the server never came back and never brought their drinks. And we told them, and they were, like, alarmed. They were shocked. And they, part of what I wanted to, to get at in the story is that mistakes are common. Mistakes happen all the time. And I think now, though, we're in a moment where these mistakes seem to be highlighted or heightened because dining is more expensive. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but if it's not about maybe getting something quickly enough, I've also noticed even though I love the food, the service, I mean, maybe some workers are, the morale seems a little bit down. Maybe there's a little more 
attitude or just not as much enthusiasm as the mm. past. I'm not sure if you've noticed that. I spoke to a couple critics from like big metropolitan areas. So I spoke to some from Seattle, some from New York, and some from San Francisco. Certainly that there are places that, yes, you can see sort of like the morale is down. But I think what I'm trying to avoid with this is to sort of like make a generalized statement because mm -hmm. I think in San Francisco, it's a different story than like San Jose or certain parts of the East Bay. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, if we take the whole scope of restaurants that I've visited in the last two years as a restaurant critic, I think that morale is climbing to the point that it was, if not more sometimes. And certainly there are you know moments where it's highlighted because restaurants aren't as cheap or as like what we knew them to be. Well, that gets into my next point, which is you know, you say that diners could be channeling their frustrations about something else into their complaints about service. What are those frustrations? Yeah, I think the main frustrations is that, is that restaurant dining is more expensive. Consumer data shows that, like, it tends to fluctuate that restaurant spending in San Francisco is down anywhere from 10 to, like, 25, sometimes, like, 28%. I think there is this sense that now... It's a higher risk to go to a restaurant because you might not have a great experience. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. But I think what I'm trying to get at here is that those things were true before the pandemic. And it's hard to really build like this overall narrative of decline when it's all anecdotal. Caesar, you dine out for a living. So generally, when you are approaching a restaurant to write about it, how much do you take into account the quality of staff service? Not all restaurant experiences are the same, obviously. Like, you're not going to expect the same thing uh, from a burrito spot as you would going to, like, a high-end uh, dinner. And I think part of that is that at some of these places, you're sort of paying for service. It's included in the, in the price tag. And for me, that's where I, I sort of, like, pay attention to that. I live in the world, and I understand that people are concerned about some of these things. So I want to be respectful of that. And, and part of the reason why... I even wrote the stories because people told us about their bad experiences and they're like, why aren't you sort of like addressing this? Mm -hmm. So I think that it would be disingenuous if I did experience something bad and didn't address it. If it's enough where I feel like that affected how I think about the restaurant or if it affected if I want to return, then it seems like, okay, I have to address it. And it's also weighed by how expensive was that experience? Like, you know, I think we just have to be realistic that like, the pandemic really messed up the restaurant industry in so many different ways, which I, I touch on in the story. But I think that there is a lot of, like, admirable efforts, even by the unseasoned workers, mm -hmm. to correct those mistakes. And I, I think all of that is there when you visit a restaurant. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you have this pretty high tolerance for less than ideal service at restaurants. It sounds like maybe also that complicates your role as a restaurant critic. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I wanted to do with the story is admit my own biases because, you know, I've, I've worked many uh, customer service jobs where I've been on the opposite side of a customer going off on me for something that, you know, wasn't necessarily my fault, but I think it's an emotional response to something that's happening, and I get that. But I, I also don't think, at least for me, 
the solution is to take it out on the folks who might have made a mistake that day. The pandemic really gave us a lot more empathy to be able to see ourselves and the people who serve us, who take care of us, who feed us. Um, and I think that that's sort of like my attitude. Are QR codes and digital tipping screens changing the quality of service in restaurants? Cesar Hernandez gives his take after a quick break. Cesar Hernandez, we all know that the pandemic pummeled the restaurant industry. There was a 50% decline in restaurant jobs in the Bay Area. Where do things stand now? As I was looking at the, the labor statistics, it's climbing back. I think it's at 90% in San Francisco and in the East Bay of like where it stood in 2020 before the pandemic. A lot of people did exit the industry and some never returned. And that's, those are true stories. But I also think that I am seeing a restaurant build itself back up. I think things are generally good and okay. This is like a recovery mode. Right. I think in some ways it's a recovery mode, but I also think that I think it's easier to see or to feed a narrative that says that things are just in total decline. But I don't see it that way as I'm often eating out at these places. You know, if I'm going to a Burmese shop where it's just a family-run place, I sort of scale my expectations to where I'm at. Sometimes I'll go to a restaurant and they'll serve me out of takeout boxes, and that's cool. But, like, you sort of go in with your own expectations scaled to the place that you're visiting. But I also feel like people have different standards, right? Because I'm a kid of immigrants and I went up going to immigrant-owned businesses, if the service feels like my rude uncle <laughs> or, you know, a really, like, harsh uh, woman serving my my food, but it feels like something familiar in my Cantonese household, I kind of get it and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes you're just like at a family-owned restaurant where like their kids working and like it's okay. Like it's, it's, it is what it is. And like sometimes they're not going to give you the best service, but it just works. And yeah. like I'm not expecting, you know, fine dining service at certain places. Since dining is more expensive, we want to make sure that our investment like, we're getting back our investment. So I understand why there's so much frustration surrounding it. And Cesar, I wonder what you think about things like QR codes, which arguably have helped businesses stabilize. It's kind of taken the place of some servers. What do you think about that shift in using QR codes as part of the restaurant experience? I started to see it as, like, a, a self-checkout. It's for the people who have a little bit more experience or are okay with, like, I know why I'm here. I know what I'm going to order, and I want to just move on. It's 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 conducive to that sort of person. But I also wanted to sort of understand how other critics look at this. Uh, so I, I spoke to former critics Olay Ho, and they revealed something about like what that reveals about labor and how mm -hmm. QR codes can potentially eliminate a job. And that's also something that that's real. But Bethany Jean Clement, the Seattle Times critic told me that she, she thinks that a lot of restaurants are realizing that, like, it doesn't just have to be that. Like, I think some of us still want that hospitality. And look, there are places where there are QR codes. Two of the examples that I give are Good Good Culture Club in SF, which the food is great. And, and the servers are around if you have questions. Like some of my favorite restaurants and bars, Viridian in Oakland, I think once you have got it down, it's, it's such a, like, easy and chill experience. The bartenders and the staff are great at like mm -hmm. getting you what they think will you'll like most. Right. 
I wonder what you also think about another common trend we're seeing, particularly at takeaway spots or at counters. Uh, These digital tipping screens where at the end of your purchase, you're prompted to add an already calculated 15 to 20 percent tip. Some people call it guilt tripping, people feeling compelled to tip even if they don't really want to. Um, The Chronicle recently polled its readers to find out how they're feeling about it. One reader wrote, quote, I was raised to believe that tips were a mechanism to reward good or great service, not merely employment itself. Tell me your take on digital tipping. Do you think it's affected the quality of service? That's an interesting question because I think it is definitely like a carryover from the pandemic. Tipping, it's supposed to be sort of like a Band-Aid fix to wage issues or like it's a discretionary gift to your server because the restaurant already has such slim margins that they can't realistically give them a livable wage. Obviously, it's not on the diner to sort of fix the larger issue that that's that's going around with, with restaurants. But I do think that it's sort of the cultural norm that we have been experiencing in the or post-pandemic or during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a perfect system, yeah. but it is one that we are currently in, and I, I don't think the solution is to not tip. Yeah, and in the same way where you're saying maybe customers should shift their expectations on what service will look like, uh, depending on the restaurant itself, maybe the tipping could go the other way, where it's like, if I'm just picking up a coffee, Maybe I don't need to put a 20% tip on that versus, you know, someone who prepares a whole meal. It's kind of this relationship that's kind of interesting now between the patron and the restaurant itself. Yeah, it's definitely like a sliding scale. What's interesting about this topic is that there are instances of restaurants or establishments that sort of pocket those tips Mm -hmm. and don't distribute it the way that they're supposed to. So. I think that can be one of the issues that sort of like feeds a narrative that like, oh, like tipping fatigue or like tipping guilt tripping. I get it. I get why people, especially as wages and and things are more expensive, I get why someone wouldn't want to give extra money. I think it's very privileged to be like, no, you got a tip for a $5 coffee. Well, because of what you do and you're part of the food media industry, you have this acute awareness of what the workers' experience is. And you argue in your piece that people shouldn't lose sight of maybe the growing empathy that we had for workers that really came out of the pandemic. Do you think people are losing sight of it at this moment when you're seeing all these complaints about service? 2020, the lockdown, we're supposed to support all these businesses that are you know, ailing or, or in trouble right now. Mm-hmm. And now that we're sort of on this side of the pandemic, Uh, Are we sort of still expected to be, you know, generous tippers? And it's the same with empathy. Like what I'm saying about how I do criticism is that it will remain. Like I will continue to extend grace to servers and extend uh, grace to the people who feed me, serve me or or take care of me in restaurants. Because I think that those are I think that's still important. The other part is that. When you say restaurant service, you're obviously sort of thinking about like a sit-down restaurant and the sort of like service you're expecting, right? But when you go to a taquero, there's restaurant service that they give you that's sometimes better than some of these restaurants that we go to. And Mm -hmm. there's no shortage of videos of like people just destroying some of these street vendors. And it's it's pretty tragic. Uh, So I'm not going to say that that's the overall sort of narrative that like empathy is on a decline towards service workers. But there are people who I don't think 
had that like boom of empathy in the same way that like bad service is highlighted by more expensive dining. I think that poor treatment of service workers is highlighted by our increase of empathy. Caesar, there's this line in your story that caught my attention. Again, listeners can find your piece online this weekend. It says, quote, I'm not in the craft of being petty without a reason. What's the promise you're making to restaurants and its workers right now in your work? I think my promise is that I will treat everyone fairly. I think that service is a part that I feel a sense of duty to the reader to acknowledge when it feels right. But I also don't think it is the entire scope of visiting restaurants. Like, sometimes it's cool to go to a restaurant that doesn't treat you like you're a king. Like, Mm -hmm. Yamo and The Mission, the Chinese Burmese restaurant, is so great at, like, you know, you're treated well when you're there, but they also are not going to, like, let you treat them poorly. I will scale how I grade service based on what the expectation is set by them and sort of set by, like, how expensive this is. I think we need to be pretty, like, at least critics need to be pretty mindful of their influence when it comes to something like this. I only have three shots at a restaurant review to try to explain the entire scope of what this restaurant is to people. You know, I think critics, we sort of extend a longer leash to sort of, like, just watch how this unfolds, right? But I think if you are visiting a restaurant and a server messes up something or or whatever it is, let them know. And I think often that sort of shows the character, the restaurant's character and how they correct that that mistake. Because I think restaurants are pretty self-correcting most of the time. I think we can still extend the amount of grace that we were extending at the offset of the pandemic. So if you experience a bad service where someone forgets something or... They took a little longer. There's ways to advocate for yourself that aren't like immediately like I'm going to Yelp and this place has gone down. And like I think that, you know, it's okay for restaurant diners to bring up mistakes so that the restaurant can find a way to correct it because I think that shows their character. Well, Caesar, I always say you have one of the coolest jobs in the newsroom. So thank you for sharing how you're navigating all of that right now. Thank you for having me. Cesar Hernandez is The Chronicle's associate restaurant critic. His column about local restaurant service will be published online this weekend at sfchronicle.com slash food. Thank you to Jerry Diaz and Yu Hyun Jung for being our Yelp voice actors, to Keith Manconi for editing this episode, and King Kaufman for the production help. Thanks for listening. 